The following is a Podcast One Minnesota production. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, you betcha, yeah. If it's made in Minnesota, who's making it and how? Yeah, you got that right. It's the makers of Minnesota, focusing on the products and services uniquely made in Minnesota, and conversations with the makers, entrepreneurs, and innovators in Minnesota about how they conceived of their products and how they brought them to market. With Stephanie Hansen, it's the makers of Minnesota. Hi, this is Stephanie Hansen, and you are listening to The Makers of Minnesota, a podcast that talks to inventors and entrepreneurs in the state of Minnesota that are doing cool things. This is episode number 42. If you listen every week and you like what you're hearing and you want to recommend some makers to us, we're always looking for cool stories. You can find us at Makers of Minnesota on Facebook, Makers of MN on Twitter, and also we are on Instagram. And this week we are with Tony Nelson, who is the inventor of a company called Puzzle Twist. Hi, Tony. Hi, how are you doing? Good, how are you doing? I'm doing good, I'm doing good. So I have to tell you that a guest from a couple of weeks back, Adam Terman, who is a muralist, suggested that I talk to you. He said, oh, he's just doing really cool stuff. So I researched Puzzle Twist and you are like a master puzzler. <laughs> How did you like start a business in Minnesota making puzzles? Well, first I want to say thanks to, to Adam. He's yeah. a, he's a great guy. He and, really is. And and it's funny story how Adam and I met. Our our kids both go to the same elementary school. Okay. And uh so, you know, somebody suggested to me, "Hey, Adam's an artist. You should do a puzzle with him." And sure. and so I I approached him, and he's a great guy to work with. So I appreciate him him uh, putting the lead out to you. Anyways, as far as how I got into doing puzzles in yeah, Minnesota, you have a puzzle company, and it's it, it's kind of by accident. Um, it, you know, the long story is, I in 1996 I developed a board game called Cross Crib. Okay, and uh, that actually happened on a fishing trip by accident because we were fishing and we got rained out. And uh, so when it was raining, everybody decided to go into a cabin. It was with a bunch of guys. And I, and, and uh, I broke out this game that we cr- created and I said, let's play this game. And everybody's playing it. And the clouds had gone away and the sun had come out and nobody wanted to go fishing. They wanted to continue to play this game. And Is it like a cross between cribbage and something else? That's exactly it. Okay. It's 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 a takeoff of cribbage, but it's put in a format that can be played for, with four people, and it's it's fun. Okay. And uh, and so, I think it was at two in the morning or so. Somebody said we should we should try to market this, and that was in August of 1996. And by November of 1996, we had a game out on the market. Wow, so your fishing buddies helped you ideate it and get it going? And... It was Yeah, I was in the advertising industry at the time, so it was a bunch of guys from sure. the agency. So I had uh, a writer there, and I had an art director there. Lovely. And, and Yeah, and so, so it was a neat collaboration, and it was a lot of fun. Well, in 2006, I got married to my wife, Candace, and she's an avid jigsaw puzzler. So we started doing jigsaw puzzles on a regular uh, regular pastime activity. Can I ask why why do you think people do jigsaw puzzles? Oh my gosh, there's so many different different reason reasons why. But um, you know, the most common one is people say it, it keeps your mind sharp. Okay, but I would say more more common that people do it is it's just to relax. It's a it's a nice activity that you can do. 
and kind of think about other things. What what I like about it and what my wife and I like to do, we keep a puzzle table up all the time. And it's nice to sit down at the puzzle table and you can kind of do something and at the same time hold a conversation. And it feels like you're being more social than as opposed to just sitting down and watching a TV TV show. Yeah, or just staring at each other across the table and yeah, how was your day today and one word answers and yeah. So so we're doing this since 2006 and and uh, in 2010, I just kind of came up with the idea. Well, this is kind of crazy. We're, we've we've been spending all this time because it takes four four to eight hours to put a puzzle together. Yep, and we know what the image looks like. I said, wouldn't it be more fun if we didn't know exactly what the image looked like? If if there are little surprises, like all of a sudden you, you see something developing and you're not sure what it is, but as you piece it together, it, it's unveiled mm-hmm. and you have these aha experiences. Thus the twist. Thus the puzzle the twist. twist. Yeah, and and, and, and I, I saw Candace light up and she and so I was like, Well, maybe we have something here because she she is really the, the puzzler in the family. Yep. And so uh, I actually called the same group that helped me develop CrossCrib, which is still going as a hobby business, and uh, and I gave them that idea, and uh, that's kind of the, how it how it was born, I guess. So you got say. the old gang back together. Got and... the old gang back together, and actually, um, so one of the first phone calls I made was to an artist, local artist here named Nancy Carney, mm-hmm. and she had an image of Minneapolis that I just loved, and I and I wanted. That, I wanted to see if we could do a puzzle with that image, but I was really nervous about calling her because artists oftentimes are are kind of particular about their art. And mm-hmm. I'm going to ask her, can we mess with your art and make the box cover different than the puzzle? And so I called her up and I and I explained the whole concept. And I said, but we want to make the box cover different than the puzzle. And so we're going to change your art and make some changes. And there was dead silence. And I was like, oh, no. And then she said, Tony, I love that idea. And she started throwing out ideas, and she goes, we could make it snow. And so that's like one of the twists. When you're doing the puzzle, you'll see this beautiful scene of Minneapolis on the on the box cover. And when you start, right when you pour out all the pieces of the puzzle, you'll see little white dots over every piece. It's snowing in Minneapolis where it's not on the box cover. And so that's cool. Yeah, yeah. it's fun. Everything <laughs> has a little twist to it. So and And you don't know because there's no... All, all you know is that the box cover says that there's going to be a twist, but you don't know what that twist is going to be until you actually put the puzzle together. So you find an artist and you license some art. Then how hard is it? Like, where do you print these things? Do you print them in China? Do you print them at a printing press in Minnesota? How hard is it to find someone to print them? Well, it, yeah, and that was a challenge We, we uh, because we wanted to have high quality the the printing isn't so much the problem. The problem was finding somebody that actually had the die cut to cut a puzzle and then was also using puzzle board at the quality that we wanted it. Yep. And uh, we wanted to do everything in Minnesota because we're working with artists from Minnesota. But ultimately, we had to go to a printer uh, that uh, that was outside of Minnesota, and then we have it converted in another place. But everything's done in the United States, which okay. is cool. And we bring all the product, product back here. And uh, we warehouse everything here. Are all of your puzzles Minnesota themed, or no? Um, no, we have a. Actually, our first seven puzzles were very generic and themed. Could could go with anybody, but because our the artists that we're working with are typically from the Midwest, most of them have a Midwest theme. Uh huh. Um, 
And we have some that are specific toward Chicago or St. Louis as right. we continue to try to grow our distribution. And how is that how you how are you growing the business? I mean, is there an infinite market for puzzles? Is it a good market? Are people still buying puzzles? I just don't even have a sense of it. You know, it's it's a great question. Um we've been growing it very organically and and by word of mouth and and regionally. So yep. we've started in the Twin Cities and then we went to Chicago and then we added the Minnesota as a whole, the North Shore and and uh now we're in Wisconsin and we're, this year we're just pushing into Iowa. And is there like a toy fair that you go to and show your wares and then people order? We haven't yet. I I did with Crosscrib. I went okay. to there there's a toy fair in New York that we went to uh for a number of years. Um we haven't with the puzzles yet because so many of our images are specific to this region. Sure. We've just been focusing on on doing sales ourselves in this region. Is it a full-time business for you? It is very close to a okay. full-time business. So you're where um you know, it's funny. I, that, that that was always the dream. Even when I came out with Crosscrib, the dream was, that, you know, I'm going to be a game manufacturer. Um, but ultimately, I've had a full time job, and uh, it was in advertising, and then I was doing marketing consulting on my own. And we have now just seen the revenues of the puzzle business surpass the revenues of the uh, marketing consulting business. And so we've, in the last couple of years, we've actually shifted our focus on the puzzle business and we're trying to grow it to the point where we hopefully it'll it'll stand on its own for the family business that's for the excellent. family business yeah excellent. it's fun and does candace work in the business too the ultimate puzzler she does she does so we are yeah we're a good team okay because i worked with my husband and that even had its own set of entrepreneurial challenges not only is being an entrepreneur but working with your spouse all the time you know, we it, it, it's funny because we both have a marketing background, uh-huh. so so we both love the product development and the idea of bringing products to market. And uh, I'm kind of a an outgoing guy, and I like doing the sales. Mm-hmm. She's more of an introvert, and she hates doing the sales. And uh, I'm I don't really care for doing the numbers as yep. much. And she's okay doing the numbers. So, so you're uniquely situated. That's great. Yeah. So it's been working really well for us. When you first did, let's talk about um, uh, the what is the name of the cribbage game? Cross crib. Cross crib. Thank you. I'm having a weird day where I can't remember anything. <laughs> uh, cross crib. How much money did you invest in that product when you started? Well, yeah, we did that, which would be considered a, a shoestring budget. <laughs> according to the industry but for me it was everything i had actually more cuz i i uh, had to borrow some money from my grandfather but we we put about 12 grand into it okay and is that what it, is that like i don't what does it cost to make a game typically is it about 12 to 20 grand well it, yeah or it can if be you, more if you talk to some people i mean to bring a game to market they'll spend 150 grand mm-hmm. um you know we did everything ourselves and tried to keep costs as low as possible and we were lucky to be be able to bring a game to market at that price at that time. Have you made money on it? We have, yeah. Mm-hmm. And does it still sell and It does, which is actually um you know, they say that the gaming business is more difficult than the restaurant business. I was going to ask you about that. Like are you this is a space that seems very competitive cuz all your like from a puzzle standpoint, you're reselling someone else's idea, but you are creating the tw- or someone else's art, but you're creating the twist to it. 
Yeah. Um, it, well, I, I guess the, the, the gaming industry, uh, they say that there's like one in, one in a million that will be a Pictionary or a Monopoly. Right. And a, and a typical lifespan of a game and I guess a jigsaw puzzle for that matter is similar to a movie release. It'll come out the first year and get some notoriety. The second year, it'll peak. The third year, it starts to tail off like a bell curve. Yep. And the fourth year, it disappears. And uh, we definitely saw that with Cross Crib, where the second, third year, it definitely peaked. But then we leveled off. We kind of got lucky in the sense that we have a cult following of people that really enjoy the game. Yep. And we're able to do a production run every year. Now, again, it's not enough to support a family. Sure. But it is a nice product to have in a product line. Yep. And so how many people work for Puzzle Twist now besides you and Candace? Well, it, it, we don't have any employees, okay. but we're surrounded by a village of wonderful people that we hire on a contract basis. Okay. So we have a couple sales brokers that are working in in, in other states, and uh, we we have a couple designers that we hire on a contract basis. We have a couple people that help us with uh, fulfillment and warehousing. And then we're working with like over 20 artists. So. And on the weekends, are you doing this or at night? I mean, you're still doing your no. advertising job or? No, actually, well, the marketing job is, is my own business as okay, well. Okay, so you can schedule your clients and. Yep. And I would say if you're going to break out the time on what we're spending on the puzzle business versus what I'm now doing... I, on my other job, it would probably be, I I would say, 70, 30, 70% on, on the puzzle business. And Candace is pretty much 100% on the puzzle business. So did you ever worry, like, oh, Mike, this is our family business, and I don't know if we're going to be able to pay the bills? But have you ever been like that, or did you always have the consulting business that you could fall back on? Yeah, I mean, when we when I first started the game business, I was working full time at an ad agency, mm-hmm. and then when we did start the uh, puzzle business, we kind of viewed it as if it was going to be a, a continuation of this hobby business of the game business, mm-hmm. and we didn't know where it would go, and uh, so we were still banking on my other business for providing the bread and butter on the table. Um, so I never really had. We've we've never extended ourselves out. We've yep. ne- I've never taken a loan ever. Um, huh. Well, other than my grandfather, sure, yeah, and and, uh, and we've grown slowly. And so I mean that's that's uh, been a good lesson for us. I, there was one point when I when I was selling Cross Crib and we uh, got in with a company called Learning Smith, mm-hmm. and they were national mm-hmm. and they were selling our game nationally, and we were getting huge purchase orders and and it was the peak of cross crib of of uh you know the peak of sales for us and they had put in a couple really big orders in the October November time frame and so they were supposed to be due around December 1st or so and I hadn't heard anything from them and so I started calling them and they were avoiding my phone calls well then I heard through the grapevine that they were actually going bankrupt and they did go bankrupt and they almost sunk the company. And so that was a good lesson for us as far as trying to keep our, our distribution diversified, not have too much in one basket, and right. have controlled growth. That must have created quite a bit of worry for you, laying there in bed thinking, oh, my gosh. Yeah. 
It did. Yeah. It did. As as a young entrepreneur and and not knowing what to expect and but I think it was a good lesson and good for us to have experienced that now because we we know how to handle stuff a little differently as we go forward. How do you market? It, it, it you know it's it's interesting. I mean, when you're a small business, we don't we don't have the budgets to be able to put out ads mm-hmm. at. And spend huge money on advertising at this stage. So a lot of it is word of mouth. Um, you know, our second year in business, we started doing a ton of craft fairs, which is actually us getting out to the consumer and mm-hmm. and talking to them one on one and and being able to explain the product. Um, so that's one way we've been doing it. Another thing that we've done was uh, we started to sponsor jigsaw puzzle contests. Yeah, I noticed that you did one for the St. Paul Winter Carnival. Yeah, which is which which is the largest jigsaw puzzle contest in North America, which I didn't even know of until we started the business kind of. Yep. And it's right here in St. Paul. <laughs> and how many people participate? So there's 72 teams of four people each that uh participate in the jigsaw puzzle contest and so, you know, it's 300 and some. And the winner quickly assembles the puzzle most quickly, is that how they're gauged? Yep. So we do a coat. It's it's really fun because we develop a puzzle specifically for the contest. So nobody knows what the puzzle is going to be. And then we do a countdown from 10. And when we get to get to ready, set, go one, ready, set, go. Everybody rips open a, a brown paper bag and these teams of four race to see how quickly they can compete the puzzle. And so there's a lot of energy and there's some people that are really serious and there to compete and, uh, and then there's other people that are there to just jo- enjoy the experience and enjoy putting together a jigsaw puzzle. What did the winner get? Though you know, it's 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 almost the winner more so gets bragging, bragging rights. rights of being the <laughs> fastest puzzler. But the winter carnival is the winter carnival is nice. They do they do uh, go out and they get a lot of gifts from local breweries. Sure. They'll get they'll get a gift cards to this and they'll give them a a gift basket and and. But I don't think there's any real monetary gift. I I uh, I've been giving them out. You know, the Winter Carnival is known for their their buttons. Yes. And so I give the winners a a button that says that they're the for the first three places. You know, their first place in the Winter Carnival <laughs> jigsaw puzzle contest for that year, and then we give them a certificate that's usually signed by the artist and myself, um, the artist that did the puzzle. How many puzzles are you doing a year? It varies. It, typically, we're, we're doing around seven, eight puzzles a year. Okay. And when you, like, when I've, I mean, Adam Terman is a, the muralist in town that recommended you, so we'll talk about him for a second. When you see his art, do you know, like, oh, that's a puzzle just waiting to happen, or how does it evolve? Oh, that's a that's a, a great question, especially with Adam. Um He's a screen print artist. Yes. And so he uses minimal colors. There's like three or four colors. And one of the things that people look for when they're when they're looking to do a puzzle is oftentimes something with a lot of colors. Okay. Now the nice thing about Adam's art is he has very hard lines and uh it's nice to have hard lines in a puzzle because they're easy to pick up on. But it varies because one, the image has to be something that's appealing to people. Yep. But then, two, there has to be enough detail in the image that it's going to be enjoyable to assemble. Nobody wants to assemble a puzzle that's just all blue sky with one bird. Right. Um, And then we add the element of trying to add a twist. And so we have to have an image that 
actually lends itself to one of our concepts. Can you give us an example of one of the twists that you've done? I guess you gave us one already about the snow. Yep, that's called Something's Amiss. And so if Something's Amiss, um, and that's that's kind of our feature line, what, what's going to happen is any puzzle you put together is going to have a certain number of changes that we'll just hear that, that'll appear or, or disappear or change that's unexpected. Okay. Um, we have one puzzle called Minnesota Spirit. And in the lower left-hand corner, you'll see Oli and Lena. They're all bundled up for winter, and, and Oli's holding a snow shovel. Well, when you put the border together, when you're actually doing the puzzle, you're going to find out the season has changed. It's no longer winter. It's summer. Oh. And so as you continue to do the puzzle, you'll realize, well, Oli and Lena are not dressed for winter anymore. They're dressed for summer. And as opposed to Oli holding a snow shovel, he's holding a fishing rod. And so it's 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 intriguing in a sense when you're doing a jigsaw puzzle because it's a puzzle within a puzzle. You're trying to yeah, figure out, cute. all right, I know it's summer. What's going to happen to Oli and Lena? Oh, okay, here's a fishing rod. I bet right. you he's holding a fishing rod as opposed and, and so fun. you have these aha experiences while you're going along and doing the puzzle, and that's what makes it a little bit more fun in that aspect. Are there local people that carries the pu- carry the puzzles, or do people order them online? We, we do both. Um, PuzzleTwist.com? PuzzleTwist.com <laughs> is, is our, if you want to order them online. The majority of our puzzles are sold in brick and mortar, um, and we're sold in Games by James. Yep. We're sold at the Woods. We're sold in a lot of independently owned Hallmarks, like Evenson's Hallmark or Jane's Hallmark. Mm-hmm. Um, the General Store of Minnetonka. I love that Good store. Things in Woodbury. The Bibelot. Yep. So there's a lot of neat, neat uh, independent retailers, specialty gift retailers that carry the. All right. Do people? Are you? Do you go by like Head Puzzler? What's your title? <laughs> Tony. Yeah. <laughs> It's kind of it depends what I'm doing. Sometimes janitor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what is does your wife call you, Mr. Puzzler? No, no, she just, <laughs> she's you know that that's a that's an on, ongoing discussion in the family because she's actually the jigsaw puzzler, right? You know, but so she's the puzzler, and that would make you the the, the I don't cre- know creator the, the of crea- puzzler. Yes, the creative creator. Creative genius. That's what we're calling you, Tony. I like it. Tony Nelson, creative genius of Puzzle Twist. Um, So as you grow, you're looking to be world dominating in the puzzle business. Wouldn't that be neat? I love it. Yeah. (laughs) Do you have other games, too? You said you kind of like the game space. Do you have other games that once... We, we I, I have other games that I haven't brought to market, though. We we are looking at other products to bring to market. Uh-huh. It, it is... Uh, it's very difficult to bring a product to market. Yeah. And so one thing that we just did last year with Adam Turman is we just did some playing cards. Oh, yeah. He brought me a, a set of playing cards, oh. actually, when he came to visit. Very cool. Yeah. So. And so so that's fun. Um, and this year is actually going to be the 20th anniversary of CrossCrib. So we're coming out with another version of CrossCrib, the 20th anniversary cool. edition. All right. Well, I will put a link to uh, Puzzle Twist on our Facebook page and Hopefully people will buy puzzles from you and figure out the twist. You have a very unique story. You're the only puzzler in the state of Minnesota that I've ever talked to. So you got that going for you. Are you the only person here making puzzles? You know, um, there. I, I think there are some novelty puzzles that are yep. made by by uh, some souvenir shops. Sure. But uh, as far as that's as far as I know of, that that's our only business. Yes. And puzzling with a twist. Well, thank you for being on the program. It was super fun to talk to you. Well, thank you. Yeah, you're really funny, and I enjoy uh, hearing your story. <laughs> Thanks, Stephanie. All right.